Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Matter of fact, I want to preach, stay in the house. Maybe y'all clap because you heard it before or you just feel where I'm going. We good. And it don't mean you ain't good just because you thrown in the fire. Hebrew boys. Doesn't mean you're exempt from fire. But it means you're kept in it. Are y'all hearing me? Because we think God is our protector means there's no fire to experience. No. You might be thrown in a fire that's seven times hotter than the world. You might be. But you'll be kept in it. So either way, you good. Are you hearing me? Conditions might not be favorable to you. It might not be what, how you would like it to be. Who wants to be in the fire? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you might be in a situation that's uncomfortable or unfavorable, but you're kept. Look and focus on the fact that you are kept in whatever you're in. That's why the Bible says, in all things, give thanks. Because there is something worth giving God thanks for in whatever situation you're in. Even in the fire, I'm kept in it like, whoa, I hate the fire. I don't want to be here. I don't live here. I live at home. I want to be comfortable. I want my life to be easy. But even if it's not, he's keeping me. Never mind, y'all. To me, the greatest power that God uh, exemplifies to us is his keeping power. You, you understand what I'm saying? Not just provision where he gives you things and gives you, oh, God is real. Oh, my God, he's real. It's not just when he gives you stuff or when he brings you out or when he delivers. No, when he keeps you, are you in it? That's a greater that's a greater power to me that you're kept in what, but we get so narcissistic and so like, oh, I'm waiting for this season to be over, that you're frustrated the whole time in keeping you. And you miss that you're being kept. Just because you don't like the fire, you ignore his keeping power. What if they were in there complaining about the fact that they had to be in the fire in the first place, not even realizing that they're not affected by it? You are complaining about situations you're probably not even affected by. You just don't like that you're in it. Y'all shouldn't have came this morning. You're going to find yourself in some things you don't like. It doesn't mean you ain't kept. And he proves he's a keeper by putting you in situations that you hate, that's uncomfortable, that's opposite of what you expect, only to prove that even in the valley of the shadow of death, you ain't got to fear because I'm with... Oh, it ain't about what I do, it's about who I am. And if I'm with you, you ain't got to fear. So God allows us to go through valley experiences to show us who he is. Are y'all hearing me? So, I, I want to talk. I'm talking already? Okay, good. <laughs> Not going to keep y'all long. Just talk. Just stop saying stuff like that. <laughs> Y'all like, we done came out. Take your time. Okay. <laughs> it's, my, it's my only outing of the day. It's the only place I feel safe, so take your good old time, Pastor. <laughs> no, I'm going home. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, stay in the house. Ooh. Ooh. We talked last week about 
shooting your shot. You already got what it takes. Talked about Moses resisting God. We talked about him rebuttaling God and protesting God. And God is like, I want you to do this. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But Moses protested, God, what if I go? God was trying to get him to obey him so that he can free not only himself, but millions of other people. And we were talking last week about it's not enough to just, he heard God clearly. Moses heard God clearly. But nobody benefited from Moses hearing God because he didn't do what he heard. <laughs> we talked about not being hearers only, but doers of what you hear. Because a lot of us, especially religious people, pride ourselves on our understanding of the word of God. We know the word of God because we learn the word of God. Religious people don't do half the word, but they know it all. And they just walk around head heavy because they know everything, but they ain't done nothing. So they can look down on you all oh, because the word says this and you like, oh. but they, they don't do what they've learned. We have to go from learning to knowing. Here we go. Here's the first scripture. Uh, 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 the every, every, ever learning. Can you go to that scripture? To start from there. Yeah, the Bible says that some are, it says false prophets come and deceive silly women who are ever learning. Women can represent the church. Ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. Whoa. So I'm ever learning the truth, but I never come into the knowledge of the truth. Uh, okay, okay. Just walk with me for two seconds. <laughs> so how could I learn it but not know it? The, 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 the word know in the Bible is a very intimate word. It means to experience. It means it's almost like a sexual encounter. It's almost like mating with your spouse. To know someone is to come together, is to, is to be intimate with the word. So we know, we learned a lot of word, but we never come into the knowledge of the truth because we don't do what we know. I mean, not what we know, what we've learned. Obedience takes us from learning to knowing. Obedience moves us from learning to knowing, from hearing to experiencing. Obedience takes you from learning to knowing the truth. Obedience does this. Some things you know because you tried it. When you do it, you know. I can't drink. My, my mind goes crazy. I, just can't, I can't even... I know that because I tried it. Not because I heard alcohol. No, it ain't, it ain't what I heard. I know. You can learn something. Well, two points of alcohol. You can learn something, but when you try it, you know. When are you going to try what you learned? I love it. It's quiet already. You learned a lot of scriptures. You learned a lot of the word, but what do you know? What have you become intimate with? What do, some things you ain't got to tell me because I tried it and I know for myself. You cannot tell me that prayer doesn't change things. I tried. Y'all quiet. And I know that prayer changes things. You cannot tell me that God is not a deliverer. I tried. And I know that he is a deliverer. You can't tell me he's not a healer. I tried. Woo. Somebody say, I know, I know, I know, I know. Try God's way. Try it. 
Don't just continue to hear and learn. Don't just hear it. Live it. Live it. Know the Bible is true because, you, you know, we, we look at the calamity. We look at calamity for confirmation. Like, ooh, earthquakes and diseases all over the land. Yo, the Bible talks about that. Yo, the Bible talks about calamity. The Bible got to be true because it talks about earthquakes and now we got earthquakes. The Bible talks about disease and famine and now we, yo, the Bible got to be true. It's not just calamity that confirms the Bible is true. I, I also know that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Y'all quiet. Nor his seed begging bread. It's not just the bad things that confirm the Bible is real. It's the victories. Has anybody experienced victory through the word of God in here? Hallelujah. I know the word is true because I experienced weapons being formed against me. But they never prosper. So I know the word is true. I've lived. I've lived. I have lived what the enemy meant for evil. Come on. He turned it around for my good. Look at your neighbor and say, I've lived it. I've lived. Bring all the tithes and offerings to the storehouses that there may be meat in my house and I'll open the windows of heaven. I've lived it and pour you out a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. I've, 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 I'm living it. So it's not just the storms and the, oh, the calamity that confirm that the word is real. No, it's the promises being fulfilled. It's the victories in your life that confirm that his word is true. Tell your neighbor, oh, I know it's true. And I know it for myself. So the word, I'm trying to tell y'all, the word is of utmost Importance, especially now. Not quotes and posts. Because the whole world leads to social media, which is why everybody does the same thing. And I'm not hating on anybody that shut down their church today. Some states shut down all gatherings. So I'm not judging anybody, but I'm saying it's like a domino ripple effect. Oh, they doing it. Oh, they doing it. Oh, my God, they doing it. Hey, 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 hey. What's his word for you? What's God's word for you? So here's the word. Here, this, is, this is what Jesus says about the word. He says, the words that I speak, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. You, you don't get the word to add to your life. You don't get the word to improve your standard of living. No, they are foundational words to build your life on. They're not additions. They're the foundation. The word of God is not an addition to your life. It's the reason you have it. Are uh, y'all hear what I'm saying? The Bible says in him we live, move, and have our being. I'm literally alive because of the word. It's not something I should add on as a principle. The word of God is now the staple, the foundation of everything I build my life on. So if you're starting a new business, what does the word say about businesses? Because the word of God is my foundation. If I build it on that, let's talk about it. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. 
You're a smart carpenter when you build your business on the word. Build your relationships on the word. Build your decisions on the word. Base it on the word, not the news. Come on, y'all, please. I don't got to be long today. The decisions you made, what was it based on? Offense? Fear? Irritation? Impatience? And what was your decision based on? Because whatever it's based on is your foundation. And if you build it on an on a emotional foundation, you will have a shaky building. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Don't you, oh God, let me calm down. Yeah, rain, watch this, hold on. The smart carpenter, or the Bible says a wise builder. A wise person built this house on a solid rock when you build your life on the word, right? Rain poured down. Storms came. Floods came. The winds blew. A tornado hit. But nothing, oh God. I said nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Hearing the word did not spare this house. Learning the word did not spare this house. Doing the word spared the house. And when you do the word, the storms will come. The floods will come. The storms will rage, but nothing will move that house. Mm. I love it. But even though you're a wise person, and you apply the word in your life, storm still hits. See that? You're a wise builder, you're a smart carpenter, but flood still came. Tornado still hits your house. You're not exempt from storms just because you're obedient. But the promise is for after the storm, you're still gonna be standing. Y'all looking at me like you haven't endured a storm in the past. You're still standing after you, y'all, let your mind go back because there should be more praise right there. You endured more storms than you think. The last thing didn't take you out. The thing before that didn't take you out. The thing before that didn't take you out. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm still standing. Yeah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Woo. But, let me get y'all out of here. But. But, but, but if you just use my word in Bible studies and don't work them in your life, you're like a stupid carpenter, foolish, who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cars. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. The smart builder and the stupid builder experience storms. Oh, but your obedience will determine, I love this, our obedience will determine the condition of our lives after the storm. Ain't that good? Let me say that again for the people in the back. Our obedience will determine the condition of our lives after the storm. See, it's not just about making it through the storm. 
We just want to make it through the storm. What's the condition of your life after the storm? It got quiet for some reason. God's focus is for, it's more about the condition of your life. What's your life look like when the storm passed? Because it's always going to pass. Storms never last. I've never seen a year-long storm. Come on, Orlando. Y'all should be more. I'm from Philly. When it rained, it rained hard for four hours. Here, four minutes. Literally cats and dogs and fairies and babies fall out the sky. Raindrops bigger than I've ever seen in my life look like strawberries. Clear strawberries. <laughs> look like never mind I'm, I'm getting goofy big old drops of tangerines falling out the sky in Florida but four minutes later the ground is dry like nothing ever happened so if you trip out during those four minutes when the smoke clears you'll be dysfunctional but if you be steadfast I gotta calm down that stump let me know calm down if you're steadfast unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, after the storm clears, you'll still be riding just as pretty as you was before, or maybe even better. What is your posture in your problem? Ooh, let's go, let's go, let's go. What's, what's your attitude in the storm? Because that'll determine. I always say your posture, what do I say? Huh? Your posture in this season will determine your placement in the next. Just at me, 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 at me. Hashtag me, that's all. Just at me, at me, at me. Your posture in this season will determine your placement in the next. So he sends a storm for the purpose of elevation, but we either get demoted or remain where we are because of our posture in it. Okay, so your storm will pass, so your focus should never be the storm. In a storm, your focus should never be the storm. When it's a storm, your focus should never be the storm. In a storm, your focus should never be the storm. In a natural storm, your focus ain't the storm. In a natural storm, your focus is the house. <laughs> Y'all, the first thing we do when we hear a storm is coming is secure the house. Life ain't about the storm. Yeah, the storm reveals the condition of the house. So because some of us don't know how or where we live in, God sends a test, I mean a storm, to your house to show you where the leaks are, to show you where the cracks are, to let you know what you're really made of. The storm ain't come to take you out. It came to reveal you to you. This worldwide crisis is revealing your faith level. Y'all, never mind. I'm sorry. It's never about the storm. If you see a storm coming, you're going to board up your house. Your focus is your house. In this storm, your focus should be your house. Your temple, your mind, your heart, your spirit. Secure your house. Because the storm is going to pass and you're going to be damaged in your faith and damaged in your spirit. And then, no, the devil is a liar. 
our obedience secures the house. <laughs> obedience secures the house. Your obedience is your security. Tell somebody your obedience is your security. With this crisis going on, let me make sure I got them hand wipes. Let me, yep, do all that. You should have been washing your hands, but it's okay. It's 2020 and we're teaching people to wash hands. It's okay. We fearing it. Get that door for me. Get that. Do you know how many nasty doors you've touched? After somebody don't pick their nose and open their Uber driver right before you. God kept you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He's always kept you. You know how many hands is on that mall door? When you, never mind. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many allergies you've been in after somebody got out of Uber car and you got right in just talking and laughing with all these? Do you know how many times you've done that? No, you don't. That's the point. He's been keeping you. So why fear now? Because the world says we all should be scared of this. Man, bump the world. On Christ the solid rock. I'm about to... Hey! I said on Christ the solid rock we stand. All the... All the ground is sinking sand. Your obedience has always been your security. It will continue to be now. We don't have to fear Corona or any other disease. There's way more deadlier diseases than Corona. I got cousins that's worse than Corona. Sometimes I'd rather deal with Corona than my cousins. That's why I moved all the way to Florida. <laughs> Sorry. I've been escaping my diseases. Uh, worse than the disease of the body is the disease of the mind. And you got people in your life keeping your mind sick. And we ain't talking about that. We talk about Corona. Man, miss me with Corona. There are things eroding and decaying my mind. There are things pulling on my spirit that I'm still connected to. So while I'm disconnected to everybody physically, I'm still mentally. Come on, man. We're not scared. <laughs> so our obedience is our security. And it's the security of a believer's house. Our obedience secures the house. Our obedience is our security. Let me keep it moving. So obedience creates protection. Obedience births protection. You want protection? Obey. God, this virus or whatever you're scared of, I'm not scared of, uh, concerned about, whatever it is, my obedience creates protection and it creates provision hope y'all know where I'm going because I talk about it all the time your obedience creates protection we'll talk about that in a minute but obedience creates provision I got to talk about that too because they're talking about food shortages and all that stuff and if there wasn't no food shortage we will always need provision you understand? before the crisis you needed provisions 
<laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, this is all just. He told Elijah to go by the brook. Elijah went by the brook. And I know I'm telling the story, but I'm literally saying he obeyed. Go by the brook because there's a famine. He obeyed and it became his provision. He had water and ravens fed him daily provision. Obedience produces provision. All he had to do was obey. Woo! And we're coming to church like, I need an answer for this corona. Like, you don't already have an instruction to obey. God been talking to you. He been trying to give you protection and provision. But it looks like instruction. God giving you protection is wrapped in instruction. God giving you provision is not a thousand dollars. It's an instruction. Y'all wait for somebody to... God just told me to give you this thousand dollars. I don't know why I was just driving by and he told me, y'all think that's provision. Provision don't come like that. Provision comes wrapped in instruction. And when you obey the instruction, even if ravens got to feed you, you're going to be taken care of. <laughs> hey, and then the brook dried up. God, I thought you told me to do this. Yeah, just hear me again in all thy ways. The brook dried up and he said, now go to the widow woman and she will sustain you there. He obeyed and he went and he ate. He was good. His obedience gave him provision. It releases provision and protection. In my closing, my first one, my second one, I ain't going to be long today. Uh-uh. No. This was a night of utmost significance in the Old Testament. So significant that God himself made it so that Jesus was to die the same night. God's people, numbered in the millions, are enslaved in Egypt. They're under ungodly jurisdiction and government, much like some of us today, most of us. They're enslaved and they've been crying out to God for a deliverer. Number one, God says to Moses, I've heard the cry of my people and I've come to deliver them. Wow. So God heard the cries of his people and he responded. It's not that God didn't know that his people were slaves. We think God see my situation. He go, uh-uh, you got to say something. They cried out to God and he heard them and responded. You want God to respond to nothing. God don't respond to storms. He that water don't wake him. Your cries. <laughs> Two tears will get him to respond more than a whole storm. He's not moved by storms that hit your life because he knows they don't have power. But when you cry out to God, what are you saying in your storm? 
Are you praying at all? Or are you just mad as here? Are you just confused and in distrust or are you praying at all? Because the people of God were delivered by the Red Sea and it's a great testimony, but it started with their prayers. It didn't start with their problem. Why are we not praying in crisis? Are we crazy? We have the ultimate advantage of the God of the universe. We got the ultimate advantage of the God of the elements. We have the ultimate advantage of God of all creation and we ain't talking to him. We texted, talk about this virus is crazy, but we ain't saying nothing to him. What is he going to respond to? Gossip? Give God something to respond to. Man. How are we not praying? The first thing I did was pray and gather my family and read scriptures, as you heard. That's the first thing we did. And I'm not bragging. This is my testimony. It's what we did. What did you do? What are you doing? God does not respond to nothing. He responds to your cry. And the reason why he waits for you to pray is so that you know it's a personal response. This is not a general deliverance. I'm doing what you asked me to do. Hey, so you know I love you. So you know that I'm real to you. I'm going to respond to you. So it's important that you pray so you can recognize me responding to I'm not just going to bring general here. No, that's everybody. What are you asking me to do? Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and seek him. Cry out to him and watch him personally. <laughs> Respond to you. People around you could be blessed. You could be like, all right, my time is coming. Okay. All right, I'll go to live. And she goes, okay, so pastor blessed. Okay, I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. Well, you ain't saying nothing. Pray. 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 Ask. Seek. Knock. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. I'm not just going to open doors. Knock. I'm not just going to answer you. Ask. I'm not just going to let you find it. Seek. So you know specifically God is responding to you. And that makes your relationship that much more personal. Are y'all here or no? You pray, he responds, your faith is fortified. So the next thing happened, I know what to do. Pray. He answers, more faith. Something else hit, boom, I know what to do. Pray. See? Prayer is not our go-to because it has never been. So, they call it the night of the Passover. <laughs> put the little thing up there. I know it's cheesy, but put the little, you can't even see it. That's how cheesy it is. Because when you go on Google, you try to find these images, you know what I'm saying? That's, what I, that's all I got, y'all. Middle. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's a little. You can see the blood. Don't say stuff like that, babe, because you know. 
Good God Almighty. I may not be able to see everything, but I see the blood. I see the most important thing. I see the thing that matters. I may not have a clear picture of everything, but I can see what matters. Tell your neighbor, I can see what matters. I can see what matters. I don't have to understand the virus. I see my Savior. I see my healer clearly. Hey, so the greatest rescue came to the people of God through obedience. The greatest rescue came to the people of God through obedience. Moses finally got it together between him and his brother. And the people of God went through 10 plagues. Finally, they were released. But this is how they were released. Last week, we talked about butt Moses and all that stuff. But God, this is what I want to say. God gave specific instructions to the people of God. You can't talk about obedience without talking about the instruction. Because what are you obeying? Right? I personally love the principle of obedience. Being a leader, I love the principle of obedience. Not that I want people to obey me. I'm not talking about that. I mean, being a leader, I got to make a lot of decisions. I got to make a lot of choices. I look at the the sand and ain't no footprints in. I got to say this. And then people follow me and say, okay. So I like obeying. I like when God tells, yes, thank you. I ain't got to come up with, I love obedience. Tell me what to do so I can't miss. Tell me what to do so I can't be off. Tell me what to do. Now, maybe I'm weird. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I'm self-made. Enjoy that life. Tell me what should I do. Please. I want to be told what to do so I can guarantee my victory. I know I'm going to win if I'm doing what he told me to do. Yeah, I love obedience, man. So he always gives instructions because God knows what's coming. Did y'all hear what I just said? He knew that Corona, I mean the deaf angel, was about to come through Egypt. He knew that there was an airborne, I'm sorry, that there was a death angel about to come through Egypt. So before you see it, before you hear about it, before you're even aware of it, I'm going to give you instruction to make it through it. Did y'all hear what I said? So God gives instruction of protection before calamity hits. Go to your homes. Kill a lamb. Kill a goat. Get some hyssop. Get some blood. Put it on the top of the doorpost. Put it on the side of the doorpost. Cover your house with the blood. Live. Cover your house with the blood. Live. Cover your family with the blood. Live. Cover your lives with the blood. Just go home and say the blood of Jesus over this house. Go to your kids' room and say the blood of Jesus over my child. Go to the kitchen and say the blood of Jesus and anoint take authority over your own environment and declare the blood of Jesus it'll never lose its power it'll never lose its power I said it'll never lose its power God is never surprised he always knows what's going to happen so he always instructs us in the ways of safety he always instructs us in the way of safety right so we can escape there's always a way of escape Y'all remember that scripture? 
He always, with the temptation, he gives us a way of escape. So God always instructs us in the way that we will be safe because he loves us. Do y'all believe that? Okay, so God gives specific instructions to ensure their protection and provision because he always does. But we don't always obey because who likes sacrifice? If your instructions include killing something, I'm not excited. God's instructions often include sacrifice because sacrifice is an expression of worship. So God's instructions often include killing something. And because we like everything we have, we rather have corona than safety. Or we rather, you know, try to protect ourselves our way. I'm going to wash three times a day. No, instead of just obedience. So God's way often includes sacrifice. Mixed in the ingredients of all his ways is sacrifice. And if you don't like the taste, you won't like the meal. But he says, kill it. Put the blood on the doorpost. And here's the next scripture. Can we go to the next scripture? This is what happens when we obey. The blood shall be a sign for you. The doorposts of the houses where you live. When I see the blood. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Get ready for a great Passover, y'all. Corona's about to just... Y'all miss what I'm saying. This virus is about to just... Because you got blood on your life. You got a promise on your life. And when Corona comes to your house, it's going to see the blood. And it's going to realize we ain't got access to this house. Somebody say, no access, no access, no access. We rebuke Corona in the name of Jesus. We rebuke diseases and viruses in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every sickness. We apply the blood. All right. (laughs) The blood. The blood. When I see it, when I see it, it's a sign for you. I'll pass over you and no affliction. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Iran. I love you so much. No affliction shall happen to you to destroy you. Somebody say no affliction. One more time. Scream no affliction. Because you have the blood, no affliction will happen to you to destroy you. At the end of this, man, it's one o'clock. I got to go. At the end of it, I didn't know that, that was fast. At the end of this, he says, eat the food. Whatever you don't eat, burn it. Man, I can't go into all that. Let me just skip to it. He says, and don't leave the house. I think that's in the next scripture. You can just reference it as you go. Don't leave the house. Everyone is to stay inside. Until night turns to day. Don't leave the house. The house represents God's way. Stay in God's way. Because as long as you're in the house, the Bible says there was a great cry throughout Egypt. I mean, one that has never been heard before or after. People were crying. People, it sounds like social media today. It sounds like CNN today. Everybody's in frantic and everybody's panicking and everybody's in disarray. 
But the Bible says, but in the house of the children of Israel, I mean, there was not even a dog that wagged his tail. Everything was peaceful so that God will show that he put a difference between his people and the wicked. This is the season, as my wife was sharing, that God is going to show the difference between the believers and the non-believers. And the difference is the obedience. Your obedience will now become your distinction. <laughs> your obedience is now your holiness. <laughs> be ye holy means be ye obedient. Your obedience sets you apart. Your obedience will cause your nation to be circumcised and others not. You, you understand what I'm saying? Now that you're circumcised, you're distinct from the rest of the nations. Because you're the nation that obeys God. Even though you cut your flesh, you are now distinct. So your obedience will cause you to walk in holiness. And that holiness will cause you to walk in provision, peace, and perpetual protection. This is a wonderful promise from the Lord. And we have to believe his word and apply it. Stay in the house. Stay in his way. It's too dangerous to go outside. It's too dangerous to try to do you. This is not the season to do you. It's okay. And this is easy. To, this, is, this, is, this is for a preacher. This is easy to, and we could just, ah. I want y'all to sit and think today for a minute. We did that last week. It was a great breakthrough. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. How many of y'all thank God for breakthrough in here? Anybody receive a breakthrough last week? Come on, let me hear you. Did anybody receive breakthrough last week? Hallelujah! God did not give us breakthrough for us to be bound by fear. Again, he did not give us breakthrough one week to be bound the next by anything. My prayer, let's stand. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to just end it. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, stay in the house. That means stay in his way. Stay in his word. Keep doing what he said. Remain obedient. Do not waver. And this message could, it, it, whoa, wow, 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 wow. If you do not have a cultivated relationship with God, this message could go over your head. Because you're not used to hearing him. So I'm just saying, obey. Stay in the word. And you're like, I don't, I don't talk to him. So this word can just go over your head. Because you have not cultivated your communication with the one I'm asking you to obey. Today, I charge you by the power of God to get to know Jesus. I, I don't know how else to say it. You got to triumph for yourself. You got to have faith. You got to pray. You got to read the word. You got to do the basics and develop your relationship with Jesus because your safety is in what he tells you. There's not going to be a general, I, I mean, it might be, I don't know what pastor or bishop or prophet is going to raise up and say, we all need to go to, I, I don't know who's going to, I don't know if that's going to happen. Your safety is in your obedience. God might tell you to eat salads and tell me to eat lamb. I don't know. 
So I ain't going to say everybody we're doing a Daniel fast because I, what is he telling you? You better find out what he's telling you because you can't afford not to obey this season. Come on, I don't care how old you are. Jesus was 12 teaching the doctors in the synagogue. So you're not too young and you're definitely not too old to get to know him. Calamities and crisis forces relationship and enforces and reinforces. It forces you to get to know him. It should. So I pray in the name of Jesus that we all hear him, obey him, and stay in the house. This ain't the time to play outside. It's time to get in the house and stay in the house until this storm passes over. Clap your hands and say, I'm staying in the house. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.